Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 283 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Well, most beekeepers will have packed away their hive tools and smoker for the winter by now, but what if you've been unable to get your bees prepared for the winter as you normally might? Listen in for an emergency hive intervention to get back on track before Santa gets here. Short and Sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. Hi everyone, another week and another storm. Uh, welcome back to the podcast. It's been another wet week, although I have to say not too cold for the most part. The rain that fell close to our fishing lakes, Apeury, did create some very large puddles and the ground already saturated just seemed to puddle up everywhere around the hives in the apuries, yet the water levels in the river that runs through the apury and fishing lakes seemed for the most part to be at a level where, fingers crossed, it looks like it can probably cope with it. At least, that's my hope. It does seem like we're in a phase of weather where these storms are going to keep sweeping across the UK. It is autumn, after all, so we just need to sit tight keep our hives safe and uh, keep a close eye on all of those colonies. For most of you, I suspect there will be no dramas. Your colonies are treated, fed and safe and secure in your home apiaries. There's no reason why anyone who's keeping bees at the bottom of the garden shouldn't have everything under control. The calendar follows the same course each year for our beekeeping and the hobbyist will know well in advance what the plan is. But what if the plan has to be set aside for some reason or other? There are always challenges for us beekeepers and, of course, the vast majority of people keeping bees here in the UK are looking after just a small number of colonies as a hobby. Urgent work challenges, career issues, family emergencies, surprise holidays, who knows what else. Any number of distractions can mean the timing of taking care of your bees to see them through the winter could get knocked off track. So what to do if that happens? Well, first off, don't panic or stress about it. There are always options to get you and your bees back on track as we head into the winter, which, let's face it, it's only a couple of weeks away, at least on the calendar. Here's what I would suggest for anyone who, for whatever reason, has been forced to let the beekeeping take a back seat through the latter part of the summer and into the autumn. Let's imagine you've had a massive upheaval in your life and haven't been able to look at your bees since you took the honey off in early August. It's not a problem, honestly. Obviously, at this point, I have to say... We all know beekeeping is a very fickle and changeable hobby. Occasionally, we do face a catastrophic failure of a colony, but for the most part, when left alone, a strong, healthy colony in August will still be a strong, healthy colony in late November. If you've not checked in on them, grab the family calendar, pencil in an hour, and get set to go to your bees and have a quick check. From the comfort of your armchair, 
have a think about what to do. Maybe listening to this podcast will help guide your thoughts. If the last time you visited was to remove the honey crop, then perhaps you left a super on the hive to clear the bees into. That likely means there's still a queen excluder on the hive too. So we're going to see what state the super is in when we go to check the bees. That means we need a smoker, hive tools, bee suit, gloves. In fact, of course, we need the full kit to make sure that we don't make any silly mistakes, like prizing the crime board off without smoking the colony first. There may be an issue in terms of the amount of food the colony might or might not have, so I'll also load up some fondant to feed to the bees should that be necessary. I'm not too worried about treatments right now, unless the colony has had a massive loading of varroa over the summer, they'll probably be okay until the winter oxalic acid treatments. So, if at all possible, pick a day when you can devote a little time to the bees without feeling rushed. There's nothing worse than turning up at a hive thinking about the other things you have yet to do that day once you're finished. Clear your mind, turn your mobile phone to silent and light your smoker. It's almost ritualistic, but very calming. Pick a time around lunchtime or early afternoon when these shorter days of autumn are likely to be at their warmest. Smoker lit, gloves and suit on, puff some smoke across the entrance and at the same time take a look at the entrance area for dead bees blocking the entrance. It might be a sign that you'll need to split down to the floor just to clear any debris that might be there. Next, remove the roof. It should be empty, but I have visited beekeepers who, after leaving their colony for most of the summer, found the bees had filled every conceivable space, including the roof space, with comb and honey stores. If you find this, then, again, don't panic. Place the roof upside down on the floor outside the hive entrance, and just leave the comb in place. Leave the crime board in place on the super and use your hive tool to lever off the super from the queen excluder. Place the super onto and across the roof so that it doesn't slip inside the roof. Use your smoker, it's why you have it alight and ready, to keep the colony under control. It keeps them and you calm. Next, ease your hive tool around the queen excluder and lift it gently off. This may take a bit of work as the bees generally fix it down all over the place with brace comb, but with care and patience it will eventually come off. Shake the bees off onto the top of the brood box and then place the queen excluder to one side. We're not putting it back on. For me, I like to place the super beneath the brood box to overwinter and I would do it with this colony, regardless of whether it has lots of stores in it or not. I like to think that the positive effect of this is that the brood nest area is lifted higher off the damp cold ground. The warmth from the colony isn't going to rise into an empty super and draw heat away from them, and any chilly winds that blow won't reach up so far into the brood area as much as if they were lower down to the ground. So with that in mind, next, a little smoke across the brood box and again using your hive tool 
prise the brood box off the floor. Lift the brood box onto the ground, balancing it on its side so that the frames run vertically, not horizontally. This means the frames are unlikely to move and crush any bees. Not that they're likely to, having been stuck together for so long, but it's worth doing it regardless. Check the floor for debris of any kind. Check that the queen isn't on it. Unlikely, but always worth a look. Clean the debris away. Remove and clean and replace the entrance block and put the floor back down on the stand. Next, replace the super onto the floor. You'll have noticed that we're not inspecting anything here, just taking it apart, cleaning the floor and reassembling. Remove the crime board and give the super a bit of smoke. Then, using the curved part of your standard hive tool, scrape the top to remove any propolis back to the wood of the super box. Lift the brood box onto the roof and place it on its side on top of the roof and do the same to the underside of the brood box. This helps prevent any gaps that chilly winds might get through. Depending on the age of your hive, you might have more or less propolis to scrape off. Lift the brood box back onto the top of the super. Scrape the top of the brood box and the underside of the crime board, again to get them to sit tightly together. Next, pop the crime board on top of the brood box and replace the roof. At this point, you might want to consider adding a mouse guard. It's not too late and it will prevent your day's work from being undone. Now, while you're doing all this lifting, you will undoubtedly be thinking, crikey, that's a really heavy super and brood box. Or alternatively, oh my goodness, that super and brood box are so light. This is going to guide you as to whether you should put that fondant that you brought down to the hive onto the crime board or take it back to the shed with you. As you disassemble the hive, look at what's going on and ask yourself lots of questions. Do the adult bees look healthy? Are there lots of bees in the seams between the frames? Has the colony shrunk to a nuke-sized cluster? How heavy is that brood box and super? Now, all of these questions will help form your new plan of action from this point onwards. I think it's fair to say a lot of beekeepers this autumn and winter will be putting fondant on their colonies when there's really no need. It's that beekeeper comfort blanket that I've talked about before. If you feel unsure about how much food your bees have or need, add the fondant. It won't do any harm at all. Once all of that has been considered and the hive put back together, fondant added or not, you can walk away knowing you've done all you can at this stage to help and support your bees to get through the winter as much as you can. All that remains now is for you to clean up all of your equipment, put it in store and head indoors for a cuppa, a slice of cake and a chance to count the number of stings that you've received. Once the swelling has subsided, get your diary out and plan your winter oxalic acid treatment. This even more important for you if you missed the traditional autumn treatment period. I'm planning mine for some time in December, but certainly get it done before the new year. There will be some of you listening who will be saying it's just crazy not to be in control of your beekeeping and not have everything done by now. But 
everyone's circumstances are different, and that includes mine. The reason I've given such a detailed explanation of how to set up your colonies at this time, so late into the autumn, is because, well, that's exactly where I find myself this year. The plans I had in place just simply didn't allow for the extended period of time that I've spent trying to get organised to remove and extract that heather honey. This week, finally, I removed the supers from the heather moors colonies that we brought back what seems like an eternity ago. Despite all that, I've heard about colonies being badly depleted when coming off the moors after the heather season, and what I've actually found is that so many of our colonies are still enormous, fully across every seam within the 10-frame Langstroth brood box and up into the supers. Not all of them, of course, but I would say probably two-thirds of them, certainly. This, then, meant we had to put clearer boards on the hives to clear down those supers before removing them the following day. We've had a bumper season for ivy flowers this year. It seems they were in flower from, well, early September all the way through to just a week or so ago. So you can imagine my disappointment to find the vast majority of our supers just had leftover heather honey in them. There are one or two supers that have a decent amount of ivy, but I really did think we would find most boxes filled with ivy. Not so. When it came to removing the supers, time and time again I could see the outer frames were effectively empty. My suspicion is that the bees have been shifting stores down into the brood box and the first to be moved is that uncapped liquid nectar, the ivy. Still, 30 or so supers of heather honey, maybe half a super each on average, is going to mean maybe a couple of hundred kilos of extra heather honey to add to the mix so I'm not disappointed really. Just thinking back to the topic of late management of colonies in the autumn, I did notice several of the entrances were getting a little clogged up, and I'll have to go back to check the colonies aren't getting stuck inside the hives because of blocked up entrances. The final task at the apiary was to strap all of the boxes down on the back of the truck and get them back to the unit and honey room ready for extraction. Meanwhile in the honey room, I'm still waiting on news about the replacement Carl Fritz wax separator. I probably shouldn't talk about it today, it will just get me frustrated once again. I had a plan in place to test it out with the borage and heather mix, but we seem to be putting back that test almost weekly. I think Elon Musk might have a man on Mars before I get this season's honey fully extracted. That said, the heather honey I have managed to squeeze out of the fruit press has been fantastic and, most importantly, selling really well. There's no point developing a crop of a particular honey if you don't have a market for it. Great to say, it looks like there really is. It gives me hope for next season already. Finally, and just to go back to the point about dealing with colonies late in the season... As, once again, I seem to have distracted myself, next week I have to go to our Fishing Lakes apiaries to do exactly that which I've just been explaining. We have an apiary full of colonies that mostly have supers and queen excluders on, and they all need sorting in time for the much colder weather that is bound to be on its way. So, if you've had to skip a few months and leave the bees alone for a while, don't despair, I'm in the same boat 
all of my own making. The trick is, just go with the flow, not to stress about it, and get things back in order and your beekeeping plans back on track. Well, that's it for this week. Don't forget to check out my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk, and for my latest videos and podcasts with more updates, tips and techniques, it's the same Patreon page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. And remember, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was beekeeping short and sweet. <laughs>